Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! And the Patriots take over first place in the AFC East. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? What's up, fellas? You guys recovered from the game yet? It was quite the experience out there. Yep, just about yep, recovered. Hell of a win. Yeah, it was good. We didn't drink, we didn't drink much, so all set. Whenever you no start problem. drinking, though, at like 10 a.m., it's like the rest of the day is going to be a little tough. Once yeah. 4 or 5 o'clock rolls around, it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Not to mention my thighs. Yeah, be- my thighs didn't warm up for like four hours. No, so, I was freezing, dude. Something about that spot cold. in my body, particularly. It was a cold day. It's cold game. Very coldest game of the year for us. Could we get a little snow. We get a little snow. I always got to go with the insulated pants and that kind of weather. Uh, little little fleece lining on the inside. And I almost did it, and I was like, you know what? It's gonna hmm. be fucking probably the sun's gonna come out. And it's gonna get warm, which happened for about. Five minutes. It's only yeah. going to get colder there in Foxborough. Yeah. It's quite quite the home field advantage. We were saying that uh, with playing out in the elements, you get teams from domes, teams from the south, uh, even though Tennessee does get pretty cold. But um, just general impressions from the fan base. You know what I felt more than anything? A cockiness. It's like there's a cockiness in the fan base. We're so confident in this team again after uh, two years of real up and down football where it's like everybody just felt confident. Yeah. It's good. It's a good, good vibe to be in when you're when you're winning. You're on a six-game win streak. Um, you know, thirty-six to thirteen was the final. Uh, makes it look a lot worse than it was for Tennessee. Um, they their running game absolutely gashed us for you know two hundred and seventy yards. You could say Derrick Henry was missing from this game, but I don't know how much more he would do that than than two hundred seventy yards. I mean, their their offensive and defensive line kind of took it to us, but. We took advantage of uh, a lot of sloppy play from them, and you know Mac Jones put up a good game. Defense ended up putting it where they needed to, and uh, I think what I come away from this whole game is Ryan Tannehill might be the most overrated, overpaid quarterback of the past five years, maybe ten. He's terrible. I thought Kirk Cousins was a problem. Holy shit, is Ryan Tannehill overrated? Wait a second. Are you sitting there telling me that you, the anti-Kirk, are going to take him over Tannehill? I might. Yeah, I might. I really might. I mean, I've never seen someone that needs so much talent around him to be average. And when nobody's around him, he's, I mean, he he put his first eight, he went for eight for eight on a couple passes, which really weren't much. And then I think it was the first quarter. The whole rest of the game, he went 11 for 21 for 93 yards. 93. It's like... I know they ran for 270, but Jesus Christ, you were throwing for 93 fucking yards. Like, how bad are you? I don't care who's on the field. It's the NFL. Yeah. I, I thought the final score didn't really reflect how the game was played for the for the most part. The game flow felt like they were dominating both sides of the ball as far as running and stopping our run. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had some we had some serious difficulty there to, to end the first half. That 60-yard, 60 68-yard rush really took a lot of air out of the crowd. Um we didn't do a good job finishing drives. Uh, we kicked a, a lot of field goals. I don't remember how many points Nick Folk ended up with. But um, as soon as we started to make a couple plays in in the run game, get some first downs, get some touchdowns on the board, as soon as we built a lead and Tannehill was being forced to throw, it was game over for them. Um, yeah. 
they couldn't do what they really wanted to do. And I, I don't hold Tannehill's feet to the fire so much because yeah, there, there's, right. there's just no one on that team right now. It's it's the best you're it's the best situation probably the best time to ever play Tennessee was, was this week. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying in terms of like, you know, don't, I'm looking up this guy's contract right now. He's got four years for $118 million. 95, 91 guaranteed. It's 29 and a half a year. That is elite quarterback money or like making you elite. How many elite quarterbacks do you go to down the list of guys, uh, you know, who have had these games where they have nobody? They have absolute nobodies, and they still find a way to make it a competitive game, whether they win or lose. I mean, Brady's done it, did it for seasons where he had nobody. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't. I see what you're saying, but he doesn't have to carry that team because normally they have Derrick Henry, and they he's paid like you should carry the damn team. Thirty million bucks. They gave that contract to him over Brady. What if if you put Brady in that situation? That would have been a much scarier game. Well, yeah, you could say that at at any time. Yeah, anytime you put the best player of all time in place on a team, they're probably going to perform better. But, yeah, but you can go down the list. Russell Wilson. Okay. Who looked Aaron terrible. Ro- what? He looks terrible. He's, terrible. he's hurt. But like two years ago, he, he had anyone on the field. Didn't matter. Fucking bombs away. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, in the second half, we were talking about this during the game. I think the, the rushing numbers are a bit inflated because we were trying to let them run the ball because we were saying, hey, why don't you take seven minutes off the clock? In the in the second half, you could march the ball down the field for uh, seventy yards, and then you guys are going to fuck up in the red zone, which they did multiple times. Uh, yeah. Turnovers, fumbles, all that stuff. Tannehill leaves a lot to be desired on the field. He's a play action quarterback, very similar to uh, a, a Jared Goff style. Uh, although Tannehill has way more physical gifts than Goff does in terms of mobility. Wh- whatever you want to say, Tennessee is not a scary team right now. They're just. I, Oddly enough, they, they've beat all the best teams in the AFC except for the Patriots. But when you look at them, you're like, I, I, I don't see it. They're just, yeah, I'm surprised they did. I think they're clinging, clinging on for dear life in hopes that, <laughs> that a lot of their guys come back. Um, and I actually thought they it was pretty respectable performance as far as their, their run game and, um, and run stopping, really. I mean, I they thought their run, play. their run defense was legit. And mm-hmm. we couldn't get much going for, for the longest time. Um, you know, I think once they get those guys back, hopefully they're still in, well, I'm, I'm sure they're hoping they're still in a good position. Yeah. I mean, they're, the run game, it looked like they were kicking our, our ass up the middle, which they were. But, you know, as we mentioned a couple times, we start, we ran outside a few times and every time we did it worked. But we, for some, I, I don't know what Josh McDaniels was doing, but he kept doing it, trying to hammer it up the middle. And even when they got to the goal line a few times, I know, you know, we, Pass, pass, pass down to get to get to the goal line, or you know red zone, and he'd throw in a couple runs up the middle again. It's like, dude, what, like, what are you doing with the runs up the middle? Can we get get our because we were beating their their edge players when we did get outside. Yeah, two of five in the red zone, not their best day in that area. Nick Folk bails him out a bunch of times. Five of six on field goals continues That's to carry my fantasy beast. team. Uh, yep. What an animal. Uh, probably special teams player of the week again this season. No doubt he's a Pro Bowl player at this point. Uh, let's see other spaces on offense. Jacoby Myers had a couple downfield plays, really nice ones. Uh, Mac was yeah. pushing the ball downfield. Really like to see. I think at one point, uh, Ryan, you mentioned he had three catches for 80 yards, which yeah. he's normally a slot guy, maybe eight yards per catch, something like that. 10 yards per catch. Uh, he was really stretching the field. That was great to see. And then Kendrick Bourne 
the plays after the catch, a really great play on the first touchdown where it was solid coverage. Nice throw by Mack against the blitz to get that out of his hands and, and throw a catchable ball. Later on in the game, uh, Bourne gets another touchdown catch. This one's mostly yak yardage. A great downfield block from Jacoby Myers on that play. He just brings so much energy. You were sending around that quote of David Andrews had of uh, Kendrick Bourne. You could see yeah. it on the sideline. Like the, It's not even the cameras on him. He's just running basically up and down the sideline, mm. dapping up everybody on the bench, just bringing ev- oh, yeah. so much energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Pre-game, you could see him. I mean, he's the life of the party. Guys like playing around him. Guys like playing with him. David Andrews called him uh, what, a Labrador retriever. He's like a Labrador <laughs> retriever. He's just a ton of energy. Uh, that sideline play, that was fantastic. To not to not uh, go out of bounds there and keep going. He's he's turning into a really good weapon for us. Mm-hmm. Probably our number one or two uh, weapon through the air. And um, he's got a lot of good energy about him. You can tell everybody, even the coaches like him. Belichick dapping him up after the game in the locker room. Um, undrafted kid. I think he went to Eastern Washington or something like really? that. Yeah, I mean, he's worked his ass off to get where he's at. Uh, he he ran a four six eight in the combine, and that scared a lot of teams off. And I don't think he's slow. I just don't think he ran particularly fast in the combine. You know, it's yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing to go down like that and run a forty yard dash. Well, well I think you know it's interesting. He's um, well, you know, kind of quietly he's putting together a pretty good statistical season too. You look at we have five games left. The kids already got uh, forty two receptions for six hundred twenty three yards, five TDs. 14.8 per average. So, you know, depending on how the last five games go, he, he could be getting close to a thousand if he's got he has some big games. Um, yeah. Like you were saying, it's 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 interesting. It's not like he's the he's not the fastest guy on the field. He's not the quickest guy on the field. Um, laterally, he's not the like most incredible guy. But like his balance is especially on that sideline run where somehow there's a frame there out there where there's four Titans defenders on his. Uh, second touchdown in front of him basically two and two and they all missed him jacoby myers laid a really good block but still pretty hilarious looking at that but he he you know that play he's tiptoeing in in on the sidelines and he wasn't even that close he made it played it really well and was able to get up to speed so it's like this guy's got really good balance and really good fluid movement it's it's everything looks easy for him but he's not like he's not the craziest athlete so no good hands good route running that was a really nice little hip check by Jacoby on that play too. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. He was, and, it, and if he did any more than that, he probably would have got called for it um, as a as a blindside block. So, I mean, I'm looking around the roster, and he's one of our better free agent pickups for sure. I would say. I mean, you look at how much we're paying Nelson Aguilar, and he's not even a shadow of Kendrick Bourne right now. Yeah, if you got what you were getting out of Bourne from um, from him, we'd be this offense would be humming. Yeah. Speaking of a free agent acquisition that's making even more money than either of those guys, uh, Jonu Smith had a really nice day against his old team. He's uh, yeah. They're definitely figuring out where to get him the ball. It's a lot of crossing routes, a couple handoffs, get him get him the ball in the flat, on the move, and uh, let him just turn up field and be a problem to tackle. Yeah, finally, uh, I've been finally really kicking his ass and talking a lot about him in a negative light, so it was nice to see him do something. He had three catches, 49 yards. He had a, a carry or two there, carry for nine. Uh, he still looks like he's a little jittery out there, but they're finding out some routes that he can run, which is nice. It's it taking us long, but it's good. It's a strange thing to see a guy with that kind of speed that really doesn't do very well on vertical routes. Um, 
it's more horizontal routes. And then when once he gets the ball, it's like a different player. You know what I right. mean? Um, yeah. So it's kind of a strange thing. And I like how they're kind of figuring him out. Um, and I hope to see more of it because, I mean, they got him for a long time. Was it four years? $40 million or something like that? And 50, we're committed 50. to him. So 50. So, yeah, we're committed to the kid. So yeah. hopefully he can get it, get it going. 50 over four. It's funny how there are some players that are like – they get open and then get the ball and then don't do anything. And there are some guys that everything happens after they get them the ball. So all you have to do is scheme up a way to get the ball in their hands. Yep. Where like Amari Cooper, really hard to cover. But with the ball in his hands, he's not that dangerous. No. Then yeah. you get somebody like uh, like every punt returner. But I'm thinking of the kid Harris, uh, Deontay Harris down in, in New Orleans, where it's like if you get him the ball, however you get it to him, you're in good shape. Percy Harvin yeah. was like that. There's a lot of people like that. Um, that's just, yeah, it's, uh, Tavon Austin was the mind. That's a perfect uh, one. He's he's one of these guys that he just can't get open on routes. But if you get him the ball, forget it. You know what I mean? Right. He's so shifty and quick. And well, uh, it's like he's so excited to get the ball. Yeah, so excited to get the ball before he's like a dog. You know, so excited, <laughs> so excited. His hands are all over the place and his feet are tapping. It's like I also just think stand routes, there and catch the ball. I also think running routes isn't necessarily about running full speed all the time. It's a lot about selling things. And, um, right. Yeah. You know, there's some finesse to, to route running. Yeah. So, finesse is not his specialty. Yeah. Uh, offensive lines was pretty standard this time. Trent Brown's really solidified himself. No rotation at right tackle in this game. We did see on Wenu come in at left guard for a spell there for Karras in the second quarter. Not sure if that was injury related or a rotation base, but, um, Offensive line was was fairly good, although they didn't open the holes in the middle of the field like you guys were, were talking about. That perimeter run seemed to be there, and they just didn't want to go to it. But yeah. it seems like this is the offensive line they want to run with yeah. going forward. Absolutely. Um, it'd be nice to see Oweno get in there um, starting. That'd be really good. It's amazing to me also. I mean, Oweno's clearly my biggest thing. Like, I don't want to see. And I think Karras is doing a good job, but I'd like to see Oweno in there. I think he's on the spot. Um, Isaiah Wynn has had some moments in the past game this season that's really been troubling. And coming from the blind side, I'd really like to see Trent Brown over there instead. Although Isaiah Wynn has been pretty good in the run game. Yeah, it's just a question of where do you put him afterwards? Play him at a position he's never played before. Isaiah Wynn, that is. Yeah. That's when that becomes an issue. Now, defensively, we mentioned all the rushing yards that were given up. Game started with uh, Matthew Judon sack again. This guy's lighting it yep. up. Uh, and then they just they were taking the ball away a lot um, throughout the game. J.C. Jackson is a freaking ball hawk. That dude is a, a walking magnet out there. It doesn't yep. matter if the ball's on the ground. doesn't matter if he's punching it out or if it's in the air. It's finding its way to him. Yeah, he's going the punch out was huge. The punch out was massive. And uh, McCourty getting the hand on a ball, and he makes the pick on the end zone. If it's a big play and J.C. Jackson's around the ball, I mean, he's going to make the play. He always uh, makes the play. Yeah, that tip ball. Seems like if there's any tip ball near him, he's going to pick it up. Like, that tip ball was surprising that he picked that up and had such good position on it. And like you said, the punch out, that's just a hell of a football play. Like, you know, this guy's breaking it for 50 yards. We're all going, oh, no, 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 no. And then JC runs up, sees that the guy's kind of, you know, putting it out there and just punches it out. One fellow, one nice swoop. Didn't even, the running back foreman didn't even see him coming. So that was an unbelievable play. I mean, all all the guy does is make big plays. So, I mean, I've I've been on the fence a little bit in the past about how much you're going to have to pay him because I know what it takes to get a number yeah, one corner. Yeah. I know how much you have to pay those guys, but how can you not? Uh, at this point, the amount of t- 
times he gets his hands on the football, it's just like a magnet to him. You got to yeah, they're saying he's already got like 30 interceptions or something. He's got more than anyone in the league since he's been in by far. It's, it's not even crazy. Close. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, he's he's uh running very quickly towards the franchise tag this offseason. That's what it's looking yeah. like for me. What's the franchise tag for a corner? That's got to be pretty high. It's 14, 15. Probably yeah, about like that. Yeah. 15. It's up there. The top guy, Jalen Ramsey's getting 20, so. But it's the average of the top five of the position. I know, I know. But there's a few guys up there that are pretty close to that. Yeah. Uh, So that was great. Jalen Mills, Johnny on the spot, recovering that fumble downfield right on on the boundary. And then Jalen Mills had a really nice uh, pass breakup on a third third down. They ran an out route to the far side or the near side from the the viewer standpoint at home. Um, He played really well. And then... No, elsewhere, one of the things that stood out to me, Devon Gottschalk was uh, far and away the most used defensive lineman in this game. He had he was number one, Lawrence Guy number two, and uh, Barmore for three. Yeah, so it seemed right. Gottschalk has really established himself. Uh, I was surprised Barmore didn't get more time. I think he came in with an injury. Was he on the injury yeah. report? I think it was a knee, yeah. So maybe they were just trying to give him a little time, which is fine with me. I mean, you know, we were getting gashed. It would be great to see him, but I'd much rather him for the long haul. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, these college players, rookie players, you know, this is usually the end of the season, this this game. So they might be managing them. If they have to manage these guys a little bit, that's fine with me. So that's what's happening. Great. Uh, Godshaw is, they're finding out that he's better on the end instead of the nose, which is nice. And he's playing really well there. So that's good. Yeah. I I mean, it seems like they're kind of taking care of Barmore, which I love. Uh, And there was one important play. Or he got such he got such a nice push, and the the guard could not deal with him. I think it was the other guard or center. Yeah, and uh, I pointed that out during the game. It was pretty pretty incredible just watching him sometimes when, especially when he's motivated on a play like that. I feel like if it's a big play, he's gonna he's gonna work his ass off. Hundred percent, and he is finally ranked in the defensive rookie of the year standings. No way. Uh, yeah, is he? Yeah, he made it on the list. He's got no chance. Micah Parsons has that thing gift wrapped already. Yeah, he does. Patrick Sertan's making a play though. He had a pick six, two interceptions this weekend. Patrick Sertan Jr. is making a play. Okay. Asante Samuel Jr. must be falling off that thing like like a brick. <laughs> he had a couple nice interceptions earlier than the season. He did. Yeah. He was up there. So the Patriots find themselves eight and four, half a game back for the lead in the AFC behind the Ravens, oh. who uh pulled one out on Sunday. <laughs> magically Barely. on su- Sunday night football. That was a hideous Barely. game. Um, and then we have a half game lead over the Bills in the AFC East. Haven't had a bye yet. So we, we finish this game on Sunday. We don't play again until Monday night this coming week against the Bills. Then we hit the bye. Then we play on a Saturday night in Indianapolis. So it's a, a little bit shorter bye than normal because it's a Monday night before and a Saturday night afterwards. Right. But it's also kind of nice because you build in that extra day of preparation for the Bills on both ends of it because we play the Bills after the Colts again. Uh, so it's, it's this, it's really a, a critical three-week span for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the, the three biggest games left in the season, and then we, we get to play, I think it's Miami and Jacksonville afterwards. Uh, but it's it's crucial. They made it through the what we were looking at previously, which was the, the Browns, then the Falcons and then this past game um I'm missing one <laughs> but uh you know we they made it through that undefeated and really dominated the whole the whole span and now we got this next crucial one fortunately for us 
there's extra time uh, built in for each of those games, including the bye week. So it's it's really a nice way to play out the remainder of the season. They just got to take care of business. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know the path is all up to them. Um, it's in their hands here to. I mean, it seems like we're in the playoffs unless shit really you know basically go on a slide. But if you can win most, if not all, these games at the end, I don't think. You know, looking at Baltimore, the way they played and have been playing and injuries and all that crap, I don't think they're going to last. I don't know how much longer the Titans are going to last doing what they're doing. Um, you got Buffalo twice. If you split the games with them, you're still up with them. Indianapolis, between that and Indianapolis, those are obviously the hardest games. Miami's always tricky down, down there uh, to end the year. But I'm not afraid of any of these teams. We might lose one, maybe two. But I can see us going in this stretch to maximum of you know, maximum amount of games we lose, which is crazy. Uh, you know, that brings us to 11 and six. So, and I think we can easily get to, you know, 12 and five or 13 and four, dare I say it surprisingly, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went out, honestly. It's no, possible. I mean, but the, I like the, the way, way things, things are lining up with the buys and the long weeks. And I mean, it's incredible. Not just the buys and the long weeks, but the, but the, the health of our team right now, right. Uh, which, you know, you never really know how that's going to be. I mean, we've been in positions in the past where we've been kind of like the Titans were last week, where we've just been banged up left and right. And I don't know what's really changed this year, but it seems like our, our roster's been pretty healthy, thank God. And uh, it's lining up nicely with the bye week and, and the long weeks. We came off the short week and handled business, stayed pretty healthy. Um, the Bills game, I mean, I think it's it's Bills, Patriots, and Chiefs, you would say, are the best teams in the AFC. It's at least the most dangerous when you factor in the Chiefs. Um, the Colts are playing pretty well. But I really think it's between those three teams right now. Um, the Bengals kind of scare me a little bit as far as the weapons they have. Um, it's an uh, explosive young team, still trying to figure it out a little bit. Um, the AFC is wide open. And wide open. the Patriots and Bills, if you look at the point differential, um uh, it's 146 and 144, and the next best team in the NFL is 108, and it's the Cardinals. Um, wow. So when you just look at that kind of thing, and I think it's going to be a fun game, and um, it should it should, especially since it's in Buffalo, if we can get this one, I think it's us and, and the Chiefs. You really are kind of counting on as yeah. a favorite. Absolutely. Yep. So before we we jump into some more Bills talk, let's look back at some of the other games this past weekend. So that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Indianapolis and get off to a real slow start. And in typical Tom Brady fashion, brings them all the way back. Seven-point victory, walk-off, basically a walk-off running touchdown from Lenny Fournette in the fourth quarter with 20 seconds to go. They move up to 9-3 and three right now. Tommy continues to get it done, tears out the hearts of Colts fans once again. Yeah. Um, there's been a little rift still going down in, from Tampa, but... Uh, happy to see them beat the Colts. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're, you can really run on the Colts, so that's good to see. But uh, something's going on down there. They barely eked that one out. I thought they should should have killed it. But it's a way game, so I guess not. Yeah, it was a little bit uncharacteristic, I guess, for them. Um, they barely used Godwin or Evans. Um, they used Gronk a lot, and, and it was like the Leonard Fournette show. What do you have, four touchdowns in the game? Um, as for the Colts, they... Basically, even though they were doing well in the run game, if, if you look at the yards per attempt, they really didn't want to challenge that that uh, Tampa front, which most teams don't. And um, they tried to go through the air, which I, I feel like 
that's too much for Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't think, I don't really think he can handle that. And uh, no. you know, in the end, I think the better team won. All right, James, Carson Wentz or Ryan Tannehill? Oof, oof, tough one, huh? I mean, probably for the the just because of the money, Wentz. He Wentz makes almost paid. as much money. No Wentz way. makes a lot of money. Wentz dude. makes a ton uh, of money. He makes oh, Jared Goff money. He's still on his rookie contract, right? No, no, no. Neither of them are. They're both paid out. As bad as Wentz was last year. Hang on. I mean, he two years ago, he was like MVP caliber before he got hurt. Three years ago. Was Wentz? Years. Yeah. Wentz was, yeah, Wentz was nasty. I think there's a lot more upside with Wentz. I'd go with Wentz. Well, I would go with – I just think, you know, from a personality standpoint, Wentz seems terrible. <laughs> yeah. everyone in Philly hated him. Like, he basically got – Kicked out of Philly, essentially. I mean, they traded him the hell out of there. You're right. Carson Wentz, basically the same deal. Four for 128. Insanity. Yep. He got that much money. Um, from a play perspective, I'd probably go with Wentz over Tannehill. I don't know if you can take Philadelphia fans' perspective on, on who they like or dislike, though. No, you know, but in the locker like... room. There were a lot of shit in that locker room, remember, that they were like, you know, people were – Unnamed player sources were saying crap about him all the time the last two years. Yeah, well, cowardly, cowardly moves right there. Okay, some of the other games amazing this weekend. How much these guys make. We can run through these uh, pretty quickly. Chargers go into Denver and get smoked. Uh, Herbert doesn't look like the same guy right now. The Rams go into Green Bay, get exposed again. The Rams are just falling off a cliff. Stafford continues to have issues. Uh, they're they're not, up. They're not built to play outside, outside no. in the elements at all. And then they traded away their draft for uh, their three, their next three years of drafting for this season too. By the way, so it's going really well. <laughs> and uh, another West Coast trip. Uh, this time the Vikings going to San Francisco and again playing a remarkably entertaining game. Mm-hmm. Staying, staying the same people that we expected them to be. Kirk Cousins falls apart at the end as he does. Lines up under the right guard. On a critical play, spends a timeout immediately. What the hell was it? I don't. Sometimes it happens, kind of frequently. Uh, they just get confused looking at the line. They couldn't get set. He wasn't the only guy that couldn't get set on offense that time. But uh, yeah, they spent the timeout, went to the sideline, called a play. Justin Jefferson gets open as he does, and Kirk Cousins sailed it on. That was the end yeah, of the game. Terrible, classic, bad sequence. Uh, Minnesota defense is is uh, pretty banged up. I think they're missing like their three or four best guys on, on the defensive line. Uh, and I think Anthony Barr got hurt too. It was a lot of bully ball mm-hmm. for San Francisco going in there and just shoving it down their throat. Yep. Uh, another one I got to mention is the Dolphins kicked the crap out of the Panthers. Cam Newton had arguably the worst quarterbacking game of the season out of anybody after he was really on. You know, I, I almost thought he was going to gonna do something. He came in, he had a decent first game, and then – the last two games, not too good. This past game, I mean, I, I think he had a five-quarterback rating. A five-quarter – well, no, I don't know if it was a five-quarterback rating. I thought it was like 21. But it was five for 21 with like two picks. Two picks. And, and five five or six batted balls. It was as many batted balls as completions he had, um, oh. which tell you, which tells you his arm angle hasn't changed much. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had a quarterback rating of 5.8. And a QBR of 5.4. So either way you look at it. It was a five. The worst possible quarterbacking game. He's not good. But (laughs) if you can play with a lead, he's a bit of a problem because he can still run the ball. And, I mean, like, I just – he's not a quarterback is the the problem. 
Yeah, he's no longer a quarterback. So the the Dolphins have really turned things around. They started at one and seven. They're now five and seven. Four straight wins for them. They're like on the edge of of field goal. I mean, uh, playoff relevance at this point. And that game, that week seventeen game in Miami, it's looking a lot tougher now than it did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's always a tough game. It's always a tough, yeah, especially with the familiarity between those coaching staffs and those teams. Okay, so this week, Patriots going to Buffalo, taking on the Bills Mafia, squaring them up. Bills are number two in scoring offense, number two in scoring defense. You mentioned the point differential before. They are fifth in total offense, first in total defense. They're good against the pass. They're good against the run. They're actually running the ball okay on offense. They're certainly throwing the ball pretty well. A lot more interceptions this year, a lot lower efficiency out of Josh Allen. He looks way less comfortable, and the accuracy numbers are a bit down. But all in all, this team is killing it so far this year, despite the fact they have a 7-4 and four record. Let me read you off the teams they lost to. Titans, Steelers, Jaguars, Colts. Not exactly a murderer's row. You know their signature wins this year? Saints, Chiefs, and the Dolphins. They haven't played anybody and they've lost to a number of these teams this well, is Chiefs, but that was also when the chiefs were going through their little okay that's spell. that's that's one game i mean are, are you right. super happy about beating the saints with all the backups that they had on thanksgiving night what about beating miami in the middle of their skid They're like not the same states team we played that's for sure this team lost to the jaguars and scored three points against them they lost to the colts in embarrassing yeah. fashion they lost to the steelers on opening weekend they got demolished by the titans I don't think they got demolished by the Titans, but they lost to the Titans as well, only by three points. But uh, this team, you know, for all the statistics out there in terms of yardage, points for, points against, they're beating up on terrible teams and they're losing the mediocre ones. Yeah. I mean, honestly, going into the season, I thought this division was the Bills. I didn't think we had it. I mean, I thought maybe there would be a chance, but there was no way in my mind that by week 13 or whatever the hell it is, we'd have the division. And still have to play them twice. I didn't think that would be possible. Uh, they have so much talent. They have, you know, a lot of money spent on this team. They've spent a lot of draft picks to get certain guys in. You know, a few years ago with Stephon Diggs. Um, they really don't have a running game, which is showing. And they, I think they put everything on um, Josh Allen's back too quickly. You know, he's only got 10 interceptions, but he gets rattled this year. And I think they're expect they were expecting him, or it seems like they were expecting him to be this gunslinger that can go out and win you games and throw the ball all over the place with all these weapons, and you were gonna crush everybody. Well, now it's realizing, oh, actually, if you just send uh, an extra rusher at him when he doesn't know, he he panics. He absolutely panics. And the Jaguars figured it out. And a lot of these other teams now in the past couple of weeks are starting to figure it out. And that's why I think he's, you know, they're having such a tough time. Yeah. Um, you look at their team, they've stayed relatively healthy. Um, but now they've just lost their number one corner. I don't think their defense is quite as good as it's, it's rated and it's rated extremely high just because they haven't played a lot of good teams. Um, but losing Tredavious white, I mean, forget it. That's, it's not a player you can replace. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is a little bit banged up. It's, Josh Allen has not really taken the next step on the other side of the ball. If anything, he's regressed a little bit this year, it seems like. Um, it's definitely a beatable team, talent-wise. I would put it in the top two or three, easily, in the AFC. Um, so it's it's kind of a mixed bag. You don't really know what you're going to get with these guys from week to week. Um, 
but I don't really think the the numbers mean as much as uh, their rankings kind of indicate. I definitely think their schedule kind of tells me that they might be a fluke. Uh, not a fluke, but they they might be a little bit overrated. Right. Yeah, I think those those numbers are certainly inflated given the the difficulty of schedule that they've had to focus on. Josh Allen has definitely taken a step back, uh, and you could see it every time. I mean, we saw it in the Saints game. It was you you send in a a, a blitz that he's not expecting, and That's it. and and it's not even just that play. It's like he's thinking about it for multiple plays in a row. Last year he was so good, off the charts good that his confidence was through the roof. I mean, he just felt like every ball was going right on a pinpoint dime. Nobody could touch him. Nobody could bring him down. This year, it's it's like he's thinking out there. I don't know. It just is something's he's not quite right. Much. Yeah, he's thinking too it much. Is, it is. I mean, you throw a coverage he doesn't recognize immediately and an, an extra blitzer at him, and he, he panics. We've seen it time and time again. He doesn't know what to do. He starts running around. You have the first, the the D tackles basically just slowly collapse the pocket on him, so he can't step up and run away. He doesn't know what to do. Yep. He panics. So, the, and that's the reason I think they're losing because <laughs> he's so it's such an easy fix to get him. It's partially that, and I think the Achilles heel of this team is their offensive line. I think they're average at best, and he probably knows that. And he's like, oh, they're not going to be able to hold up blocking these guys. You know, you got Deion Dawkins left to right, Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano. Uh, their left guard, John Feliciano, was a Patriots draft pick who washed out of here, never even made the team. Center Mitch Morse, right guard Daryl Williams, right tackle Spencer Brown. Not really names that jump off the page to you. Uh, they're, they're more of a pass protection unit, although they're not entirely great at that. Mitch Morse is over the hill. Uh, I really think that what you got to do is do what you can to get your best guys against their worst guys up front. Send some blitzes. Send extra guys. I want to double-team Stephon Diggs. I don't want anybody to have to cover Stephon Diggs by themselves. Nobody else on that on the outside scares me. Emmanuel Sanders is 34 years old, hasn't done anything in a month. Uh, Gabriel Davis might make one or two plays a game. Cole Beasley is not going to beat you. He'll beat you on an 8-yard play. He's not going to beat you on an 80-yard play. And then Mm -hmm. focus on Dawson Knox in the red zone. Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, he loves getting the ball to Dawson Knox in the red zone. So... It's really those two things. Double Stephon Diggs all the time, Dawson Knox in the red zone, and send extra guys to Josh Allen. And I think that we can contain them. They're good offense, clearly. Brian Dable at the helm, it's really strong coaching uh, backbone for them. But I think we could keep them in the low 20s. And if we keep them in the low 20s, by the way, this team is scoring offensively right now, I think we got them. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see a lot of blitzing this week. Um, I think if if you can blitz Josh Allen, you can rattle him. And you're right about Knox and Diggs. They they each have seven touchdowns. Uh, so that's by far and away their best red zone threat right there. Yeah, I I, I think that's the formula. I want to see no less than four guys ever being sent at him. I don't care what the thing is. Four guys always rushing, preferably five, 95% of the time. Um, and we'll get to them. And then, you know, defensively, like you were saying, I think their, um, you know, their defense – does some things really well. Um, they've got guys across the board, but you know our offense has kind of been just we've we've beaten some really good um, defenses. I feel like some of our best Mac Jones's best games, Cleveland comes to mind. I mean that was a re- that's a really good defense, and he scorched them. So it's a matter of if our offense is firing. I don't think their defense right now is good enough to, especially with losing their cornerback. I don't think they're good enough to. Um, completely throw us off or stop us from doing our thing or being dangerous. It's more of, can we 
go into a hostile environment on a Monday night and Mac Jones, you know, live up to the moment and the offense fires on all cylinders. And if that's the case, if that happens, I think we score a lot of points. And I'm hoping that's the case. Max games, he had a couple plays that'll probably get on himself from the Titans game, and usually he bounces back really good from situations like that. Yeah. And definitely a team that can turn you over too. They force fumbles, make some picks. Poyer's a good player. He seems to make a lot of picks. Uh, make makes a lot of big plays. Um, try to. It, it would be great to establish a run game, but they have a really stout run defense. Ed Oliver in there, a um, couple other guys. Edmonds is a good player, so it'd be nice to establish a run game. But I think you could pass on this team now, especially without with uh, with White being out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be really important for us to be able to be balanced on offense, establish something. On the ground, Starla Tulalai, their nose tackle is a, a big beast in the middle there. He's playing. Uh, like you mentioned, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, those safeties can make plays at all three levels, which could be troublesome. Matt Milano can really run at the at the will linebacker spot. Got good edge players. They keep drafting players that I really like. Ed Oliver, Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa from, uh, from Iowa. Just these defensive linemen that I really like, and they wind up on the Bills, and I'm like, God damn it, now I can't root for you. Yeah, they got Rousseau too from Miami in the draft, and they uh, what's his name? Uh, JJ Hughes from TCU. What is he like? Fifteen years in the league now. He's still around, huh? Oh, Jerry Hughes. Yeah. Uh, Jer- Jerry Hughes. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Hughes. He's been around for a long time. Still, still delivering for them at this point. So, and then defensively, they're they're really, really, really well coached. Sean McDermott, former defensive coordinator. They got Leslie Frazier, who's been in the league forever uh, on the defensive Leslie. coaching staff. So it's not like we're gonna outthink them too much, but we just we need to pressure that uh that backup cornerback that's gonna be in there on the left side for Tredavious and then really look closely at that Colts tape and see how Jonathan Taylor got two hundred plus yards on the ground and see how we can replicate that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevens, big games. Big time. For games. them to be number what is it, number two ranked rush defense and have had that um, I mean, they had they played against Derrick Henry early in the year too, and Jonathan Taylor. For them to be number two, I mean, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, they're number two in yards per carry allowed, number six in total rushing yards allowed. Still really damn good. They, have they played any other running backs? Let's see. Not Pittsburgh really. was Derrick uh, Henry. What's his name's first game? Miami, Washington, Harris, yeah. Kansas City. I think their running backs hurt. I mean, they really haven't played any good running games. Jacksonville, New York, Indianapolis was the big one. New Orleans, um, New Orleans Tennessee and Indianapolis are like Kamara was out, so they they haven't. There you go. They haven't played any running back games except for the two they lost against Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, right. Yeah, there I mean, you those go. Are the two best running games in the league. If you can run on these guys, then it's a pretty good indicator that you can win the game. Oh, it's pretty well for us. So. I mean, maybe maybe we're drunk on the on the recency bias, but uh, I'm feeling pretty confident about this matchup, even on, under the big lights. Rookie quarterback going on the road, division rival, division lead at stake in this game. I still think, you know, I still got faith. So I'm going 30 to 23 Patriots. Okay. Yeah, I was. I agree. I'm right there with you. I was going to go 31 21. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all kind of around the same ballpark. I think it's a tight game. I'm going to go 29 26 Patriots. 29 26 Nick Folk. Right. With the winner. Pretty good. Okay, let's look at some other games this weekend. Uh, there are four teams on the bye. Green Bay, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Carolina. So it's a, a limited slate this weekend. But we got um, 
Not that many great games. Chargers going to Cincinnati. Chargers continue to fall off a cliff. Cincinnati had a big win last week against the Steelers. Can they establish themselves? The Bengals, that is, and uh, start to make a move up in the standings. I can see Chargers take that one. Bengals are a good team, man, but Chargers needed to get it get it together and fast, man. They're really struggling against man defense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the week, though. The Bengals look pretty good. I they think do. Chargers, you know? Well, the band, the one thing I'll say about the Bengals, at least this year, it seems like every time they have a confidence issue, every time they start winning a couple games and they blow somebody out, they look great. Like, the game in two after that is abysmal. <laughs> Weapons-wise, I mean, it's not counting a quarterback, but their receivers are as good as it gets. Those top three receivers, uh, Higgins, uh, Boyd, and Jamar Chase, Jesus. And then they have Mixon at running back. It's, there's a lot of weapons there, man. It's, it's a good team. Yeah, if yeah. nothing else, it should just be a fun matchup of skill positions in that game. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're right. They're really not a lot of good games this week, huh? Right. Arizona comes back off the bye. This is purported to be Kyler Murray's return. 9-2, and two, best record in the NFL. They've been playing without their star quarterback, who was in the MVP lead earlier in the season. Been yeah. playing without him yeah. for a month and doing fine. Just fine. Going into Chicago, probably kick the living shit out of the Bears. Yeah, literally. That should be a blowout. Giants, Dolphins, who gives a shit? Oh, the Dolphins probably win that game, huh? Probably. Uh, Giants defense is okay, too. The Texans Uh, will probably beat the Colts. Take them (laughs) fucking six and seven. Wouldn't be surprised. Who knows? You know what? I I don't want to see football team in the Raiders. That's not a bad matchup. It's not a bad matchup. I want to see the Ravens and Steelers, and if either of them can show up. Because the Ravens, we were kind of, I don't know if we mentioned it, but the Ravens versus the Browns this past week. The Ravens did everything they needed to lose that. They yeah. did everything, they, and they gave the Cleveland every chance they could have. But just to sum it up, I don't know if you guys saw the sequence. For Cleveland Browns, it basically is um, the moral of that whole story was they, or the theme of that whole game, when Cleveland coach Stefanski started screaming at uh, the refs because Baltimore had 12 men on the field on defense. And he took a time. I think he took a timeout. And then after the sequence, he put 12 men on his offense, and they got called for five yards. No, it was, so, it was all on defense for them. So the the Ravens were, all on defense. Ravens were doing a quick okay, substitution. Sorry. Thank you. And then the Browns were trying to substitute two, and were getting confused, and got 12 guys on the field, called a timeout. They did it the same substitution. They made the same mistake and got called for yes. a five-yard penalty. There five was also, penalty. like, two penalties on the offense it was a freaking mess it was like they tried that fourth down play four different times and then finally it resulted in 12 men on the field on the defense penalty and gave him a first i mean lamar threw a pick with i don't know what five minutes left or something it was late in the game he threw three interceptions in the first half yeah three in the first half oh shit Steelers, their steelers look bad though steelers are beat up yeah man they do not look good i I think the ravens probably take that game broncos chiefs that's a good game yeah broncos defense is legit i think it's top three four defense in the nfl right now oh wow they're really good um i guess the chiefs it'd be nice if they could slow them down man i want the chiefs to lose all momentum i want them to just stumble into the playoffs and lose (laughs) same that's same so is is that the scariest team in the afc as as patriots competition people keep saying that i mean i guess because there's not the AFC is not looking that great. There's no one that's really stringing wins together. We're kind of the only one. I don't know if it's one. the scariest team. I don't know if it's the scariest team. It's the scariest offense for sure. Yeah. You know, they most got potential to put up a lot of points. Yeah, they could put up points. 
quicker than anyone. We've seen it a million, well, not a million times, but we've seen it a lot the last few years. Chiefs are a team I don't, I don't really want to face. You know, I think their defense sucks though. You know, you can definitely get one over on their defense. Yeah, their defense. I, I think they've been playing over their, um, you know, ability level the last few weeks. Looking at these games, it's funny. There's so many matchups that, like, if this was two years ago, it would have been the best day of football. You know, Broncos Chiefs is good. 49er Seahawks seems like it should be such a great game, but the Seahawks are terrible. Ravens Steelers should be an incredible game. Three years, a few years ago, Cowboys Saints. Maybe you know, last year that would have been an insane game, or two years ago. But they're all just man. Yeah. If I were the Seahawks, I'd I'd sit Russell Wilson down. He's not right. I watched him last night. Every time he had a, I didn't watch a throw, game. any kind of throw he had to put on a line to his left last night, it was Couldn't just, do it. it was all over the place. It was either he sailed it or he threw it into the ground or he threw it like three yards in front of the guy. It was bad. Yeah. He did something not right with him. I think, I don't even know if he targeted DK Metcalf once, once. last night. He got one catch for nine yards in like the uh, end of the fourth quarter. It was terrible. Larry Izzo sighting. I didn't know he was uh, their special teams coach. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Seattle. That I think it's a breakup. I think this has got to be it. This is a team that the coach has been there for 11, 12 years. Uh, he's the oldest coach in the NFL. Russell Wilson allegedly uh, released teams he would like to be traded to last offseason and yeah. uh, expressed some unhappiness there. Uh, he doesn't look like a franch- franchise quarterback the way he's playing right now. He's He's got to get uh, get healthy, get something, and then I don't. I don't even know. I just they traded their first round pick next year for Jamal Adams. It's going to be a top five pick right now. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're screwed. I like Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams uh, who gives a shit about him right now, too? Right? He's a good player. I mean, he is, but like, it's not doing anything for him. You see that stat that he was the the most used blitzer for a defensive back in the NFL last year 2020 he had 10 and a half sacks i think which is like an, a record for a db really um this year they blitz him like 10 percent less and he's got zero sacks um so he's your top five pick he's a good player though i'm not gonna he's he's oh he is i mean i'm not saying he's a bad safety but that that trade's looking like it was a little much yeah without a doubt yeah they got problems they got big problems in seattle pete carroll next head coach in notre dame calling it right now he's 70 years old man hang it up <laughs> You know, I want to see someone young get into Notre Dame, man. Someone someone promising. They'll probably go right back to the well and take another Cincinnati head coach. That guy that's been killing it this year. Uh, they cr- Cincinnati crushed Notre Dame, so. Well, that's where Brian Kelly came from, so. Yeah. Boom. Might, might go right back there. Um, yeah. So, it, it might not be that fun a Sunday of football, but we have a lot to look forward to. Monday night football, the big lights. Get to listen to that terrible Monday night football announcing crew. Uh, they'll probably oh, be bad. all over Josh Allen, I'm sure, and I just can't cannot wait for Belichick to just get them all twisted around, screwing up. Who knows? Maybe I'm. Who is it? Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah. the best they can do Steve for Levy. Monday Night Football. I don't mind Lewis Riddick, but well, yeah, Greasy. I don't know. I wonder if they'll do the Manning cast. I don't think I could watch the Manning cast for a Patriots game. Yeah, because it's too nonchalant. It's too relaxed. Well, they're doing a lot of other stuff, too. They're talking about kind of whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I couldn't do that for a Patriot. I mean, if they I were like calling it. the game, that would, like, if they were legit, like, doing a legit call, not just kind of, like, on their couch fucking around. Yeah. That Manicast, would be awesome. Minicast is pretty awesome. I mean. It is yeah, funny as hell. 
But like you yeah. said, like if they were, I, I wouldn't want to watch it because for a Pats game because you're right. They're, I mean, you know, sometimes they're bringing on guests. You know, they talk about, oh, what do you, you know, just fucking around. But if it was like a legit, like they were doing a legit radio call for it, I would be like super pumped. Oh, yeah. Peyton Manning was doing like full color commentary. Yeah, I'd be That'd so be in. Awesome. But I do like, yeah, for it livens up if the Giants are playing the, the football team on Monday Night Football. I'll watch the Manning cast 100 times. Out. Yeah, definitely. Other okay. big game this week. We didn't talk about uh, Georgia and Alabama. Georgia, and Alabama for the SEC I mean, championship. That, oh, I mean, that's, the, that's the big game. Alabama's probably going to win. Well, it's at Bama. I'm going to take Georgia, man. I like Georgia this year. They're fucking dominant. Dominant. I love Georgia to win, but every time they're in this situation, they can't do Defense. Yeah, but who's got the incentive? If Alabama loses, they might be out of the playoff. Georgia loses, they might go down in seeding, but that's it. Yeah, they still make the college playoff. Yeah, so all the incentives are on Alabama's side. I got to go that way. Gotcha. All right, gents. This was good. Shout out to Ryan. Thanks for for making the game happen this weekend. Yeah, man, that was awesome. awesome. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Great absolutely. seats. Fun time. He's got great seats. Yeah. He's got good taste. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for coming, and uh, hope you guys have a good week. Hell yeah! Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week, hopefully after another Patriots victory. All right, later. Adios.